You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. Listen, beloved, there's, um, I want to start by, by letting you all in on a little secret. It's kind of this, this secret debate. It's a snobby secret, uh, but it's a secret that uh, happens between uh, pastors and, and preachers and theologians and, and scholars of preaching. You see, they have this debate uh, where sermons can be categorized in either one of two ways. You'll either have a prophetic sermon or a pastoral sermon. Stay with me. Now, prophetic sermons. These are sermons that seek to tackle the injustices of the world and make present God's hope for a new future. Sermons that talk about the system and structures and the powers and the principalities of our social order that make life unbearable for the many while affording the few more privilege and comfort than they know how to handle. When you talk about these things, they say you're preaching a prophetic sermon. And then there's pastoral sermons. Sermons that want to address you directly. Sermons that want to talk about your pain, your grief, your doubt, so that you might find the strength within you to face another day. Sermons that sound like, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, turn on with me to the book of Romans. It's sermons that sound like assuring you that, yes, the God of the whole universe created you in God's holy image, which is to say that you are, in fact, good, despite what anybody says. They say that your sermon could either be one of two things, prophetic or pastoral. That the gospel will either speak to our common life together or it will address the griefs and pains you bear. That our lives themselves are divided down the middle between me and my problems and all of the stuff that's going on out there. But let me put all my cards on the table this morning that I cannot ascribe to this debate. I cannot follow this faulty logic. I cannot preach a sermon that is either about justice or about you and your life. I cannot separate the pastoral from the prophetic because here is the truth this morning, that the same God who topples hierarchies the one who plucks monarchs from their throne, the same God who sends prophets in the form of refugees and starts whole social movements by appearing to a shepherd in a burning bush, the same God who commanded let my people go and split the seas in two, the same God who brought the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt and caused manna to fall from the sky, the same God who said I have a plan for this world and it looks like the kingdom of heaven falling down over the kingdom of humankind, the same God who breathed a spirit of truth over a crowd of bumbling men who sent Holy Spirit in flaming tongues of fire the same God who sent an only son to this place called earth not to condemn it but to redeem it the same God who looked at death and called it nothing more than a doorway to new life the same God who did all of that is the same God who speaks to you in the still private silence of your life where no one can hear you no no one is paying attention and all you're asking for is a sign that everything is going to be okay. You see, I believe that this is what the psalmist was talking about when they penned Psalm 27. 
when they sang the words, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Who said, when evil comes to get me, they shall stumble and fall. When an army rises against me, I will be confident. One thing I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord that said, God has been so good to me, and so I just have to praise God for moving in my life. And then says these words, says these beautiful words, I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It is perhaps one of the most important shifts you could ever hear in a song of praise. It's the turn you make when you realize that the same God you've been praying to is the same God who we've all been praying to. It's the shift you make when you realize that if I am confident that God will turn my life around, I am confident God is going to turn this whole thing around. It's that shift you make when you realize I've been preaching all of these prophetic sermons myself, speaking a word about justice for the world, but I forgot that that means I'm going to find justice in my own life too. See, I believe that even in the midst of recession, depression, anxiety, and fear, in the midst of uncertainty and no clarity and confusion and shame, in the midst of my doubt and my weariness, my toil and my trouble, I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You see, I believe that when death is the only way whole nations know how to communicate with one another, when political leaders value their own job security over telling the truth, when the very earth on which we stand cries for help in the form of wildfires and floods, I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord not in distant heavens and great by and bys, not in prophetic dreams for those faithful who stay woke even when sleeping, not in wishes or mission statements or doctrines of hope. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe that we are the land of the living. I believe that living is all we know how to do. I believe that we who live here and now, now more than ever deserve more than what's in front of us. You see, I believe more than ever that I will see the goodness of the Lord in this land, on this day, in this moment. Listen, you all have heard enough of my sermons by now that you know this is the exact point where I'm about to rail against the failures of capitalism for exploiting our bodies and infecting our souls. You see, because I cannot stand the fact that outside of these walls, your worth is not defined by who you are and how you love, but by what you do and how much money you're able to make. That your identity is not made whole in Christ, but in your ability to fulfill a role in a system that profits the powerful while exploiting the vulnerable. You see, this world and in this world, the purpose of your body and your time is simply to produce something good for somebody else to consume. Someone somewhere hired you to do a job and said, prove to me that you deserve to be here. Show me your worth. 
You see, you're not a person in this system. You are a thing or a cog in a big unstoppable machine. The systems, the powers, the principalities that, they, that say you can never be enough because they can never get enough, they get up inside of you. They lie to you. They lead you to believe that you are something you are not. This is a decidedly prophetic and poignantly pastoral thing to say, that when you speak the words no in the face of lies, they've led you to believe you are doing the work of exercising any demons that try to control whose we are and who we are and if anyone tries to tell you anything different you best hit them with a get thee behind me Satan you see Jesus knew how to preach a sermon that would not imply that who you are and how you're called to move in the world are different things that the prophetic will always be deeply pastoral he said if you want to follow me if you want to be my disciple if you want to change this world you better be ready to take up your cross and follow me you better be ready to lose it all so that you can find it listen if you ever want to know how to really preach the gospel if you ever want assurance that hope is alive if you ever want to trust that the one who is in Jesus Christ, all you need is an unwavering commitment to the story. And the story goes like this. There can be no cross you bear that does not lead to resurrection. There can be no ending that does not open paths to new beginnings. There can be no failure that will not lead to your prosperity. You see, too many of us are like Peter who wants all of the benefits of resurrection with none of the pain that comes from dying, with none of the pain that comes from letting go of what we've been holding on to, with none of the pain from keeping things locked up inside instead of doing the hard work of turning around, which is to say, why are you worried? Why are you worried when you serve the God of death and resurrection, when you praise the Jesus who would not stay in the grave, when you breathe in the very spirit of God that cannot die, why are you afraid of the hard things to come, of the necessary things to come, of the big and scary things to come, when your Jesus boldly faced the death of all hope and yet somehow made it home just in time for dinner three days later? You know, they call this Psalm 27 a triumphant song of confidence. It's a song with gravity. It's a song with assurance. It's a song with swagger. It's a song that knows the story, that knows that hard things will come and will come again, but that God will never stop coming back for you. It's a song that says God cannot, God will not cast me off. That says even if my father leaves me and my mother abandons me and the ones who are meant to take care of me forsake me, surely the Lord will take me up. It's a song that says I will be strong and I will let my heart take courage because I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living because there was once a man named Jesus who lived in a particular place at a particular time who was just one man but whose life meant everything for the sake of the world whose love and prayers and mission and ministry you see I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living because your presence here means everything for the sake of the world I believe I will see this good 
goodness today, right here, because I believe that in a culture where time is money, where time costs dollars, where time is precious for the pursuit of unlimited profit, that our worship is decidedly a waste of time, which is to say our worship is an act of resistance. And that the very fact that we are here without producing goods or benefiting the ones in charge means that God is still moving. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord right here in the land of the living because you got up this morning when you could have stayed in bed. Because you made music here, even if you're not quite sure what you're singing still. Because maybe all you can say for certain is that you know you need God and that your story stops there today. But in this place, you are reminded that God needs you. You see, I want you to sing a triumphant song of confidence this morning. I want you to believe that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I want you to remember that if you trust that God will save the world out there, you better trust that God will save the world in here. That if you know in your heart that God won't give up on you, then you won't give up on you. Then you won't give up on us. You were created to flourish, beloved. You were created to be free. Who you are and how you are and why you are brings so much joy to God that God said, I must have this person here at this time in this place because I know they will make my world more beautiful still. They will ensure that creation keeps on creating. They will live how I called them, that they will make music out of the world's noise. You were created to flourish, beloved, to face the dust, to face what is dead and to breathe back into it the very breath of God that fills your lungs. You were created to flourish and to make things flourish. And that waking up every morning and asking, is this all there really is? Or saying, how can I make someone hurt like I'm hurting today? It is not flourishing. That there is someone here who needs to hear these words. That life is not meant to be this hard. It's not supposed to be this hard. That God needs you here, and I need you here, and we need you here, and that you were created to flourish and to make things flourish. You see, beloved, I believe this morning that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living because no, we haven't figured it out, but still we're figuring it out. Because the same God who came through the last time is the same God who will come through this time. Don't just be encouraged this morning. Be confident that we will, not we might, not we hope, not we should, but we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I know your blessing is coming. I know your breakthrough is here because the Lord is our light and our salvation, of whom shall we fear? The Lord is the stronghold of our lives, of whom shall we be afraid? When evil comes to get us, it will stumble and fall. When an army rises up against us, we will be confident. One thing we ask of the Lord that we would seek after is to live in the house of the Lord for all of the days of our lives, to behold the beauty of the Lord. We believe that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We will wait for the Lord. We will be strong. We will let our hearts take courage and we will wait for the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.